This podcast is brought to you by ChasingRoos.com, the online store for international rugby league fans. What is up, Kangaroo Chasers, and welcome to a special late edition of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. Yep, a couple of days late this week. I apologize. It's been a crazy one. Sneakily, I almost took the week off, but um, decided, well, there's a big topic and I want to cover it. I want to be a part of the conversation. You see, an Aussie dude has chosen his uh, Samoan heritage ahead of the Kangaroos. It's the talk of the town. Uh, everyone's throwing their two cents in and, well, you know, I've got to throw mine in as well. I'm Michael Carboni, uh, the host of the show, the Don of the Chasing Kangaroos Media family, as they say in America. Uh, so welcome, welcome. And I'm going to start off by saying one thing, it's something that I said on Twitter earlier this week. You can follow me at Chasing Pod on Twitter if you're not already. And this tweet got a little bit of love. I said that origin or state of origin it can't be the pinnacle of our game and a kangaroo selection at the same time. Now, as I say, it got a bit of love. Got a little bit of hate, mostly love though, um, because I think people are confused at the moment. I think origin, some fans over here, they want to have their cake and eat it too. Origin can't be the pinnacle of our sport and a kangaroo selection. It makes no sense. If it's a kangaroo selection, it's not the pinnacle. Playing for the kangaroos is the pinnacle. And, yeah, it just doesn't work both ways. It's got to be one or the other. And that has really come to the forefront this week because, of course, Brian Tall, winger for the New South Wales Blues, uh, has elected to represent his family, his culture, his heritage at the 2021 Rugby League World Cup later this year, in 2022. He's choosing Samoa ahead of the Kangaroos. Now, this is a pretty big deal for a few reasons. I know there's going to be a few NRL players in this Samoan squad. You're going to have Jerome Luai. He's playing for New South Wales. He'll play for Samoa. Stephen Crichton, he's playing for New South Wales. He'll probably play for Samoa as well. Um, but the reason why this is a bigger deal than that is, look, in terms of, in terms of five apes, for example, Munster, barring injury, is going to be the Kangaroos 5-8. So Jerome Luai, you know, probably wasn't going to be there. So him electing for Samoa, the Kangaroos selectors, probably not too worried about that. But Brian Tottle was different. And the reason that is, is of course... Probably one of the top two wingers in the game at the moment. And I'd argue that Brian Toto would definitely start for the Kangaroos if eligible or if he elected to play for them. So him choosing Samoa over the Kangaroos, massive deal. It's a Tomalolo-sized deal. So when Jason Tomalolo chose Tonga over New Zealand, 
he would have made New Zealand. He still would probably make New Zealand. But he elected Tonga. This is, this is Samoa's moment for that. And this could be, you know, the start of something very special for Samoa. We could see, and I'm not, say, I'm not breaking any news here, we all believe that Samoa can go deep into the World Cup and, and I think England should be worried about game one just quietly. But it's a big deal. Um, and it's caused a massive stir. I think it's fantastic. But it's caused a massive stir down here in Australia. And I want to I want to talk it through, right? Because the big conversation has been, ah, if you're playing state of origin, it's a, it's a selection for the kangaroos. You you must be eligible for Australia. And look, that's that's bullshit, you know. In my opinion, it is very possible, especially this day and age, to be eligible for more than one thing. Now, New South Wales and Queensland, I hate to break it to some of you guys, they're not countries, okay? They're states. It's very possible to be equally eligible for a state in Australia and for a country, for multiple countries, in fact. Um, and that's just the way things are at the moment. You know, that's the way the world is. That's the way it is in Australia at the moment in particular as well. Now, let's take a look at origin eligibility rules and let's take a look at international eligibility rules because what a lot of people don't realise is they actually don't have anything to do with each other. Now, I said this to a few people as well earlier in the week, and some of the replies were, what are you talking about? You know, the, you know, kangaroo's eligibility is based on, or kangaroo's selection, sorry, is based on origin eligibility. And whilst that is technically true for origin, it actually has nothing to do with international eligibility. So the origin eligibility rules state, to qualify for origin, you must be eligible and elect to play for Australia. So that's, that's correct, that's what it says. And also have not represented another T1 nation at senior level. So the origin rules clearly state that. To play Origin, you need to elect to play for Australia. Now, the international eligibility rules, on the other hand, they don't say anything about Origin. Nothing. They say that if you have represented a T1 nation then you, in your career, then you cannot represent another T1 nation. Uh, and if you have represented a T1 nation... Um, you can represent a T2 or 3 nation, of course, if you're eligible. Now, we all know eligibility, you know, for internationals are based on country of birth or your parents' birth or your grandparents, the grandparent rule. Uh, also, if you've lived there for, I think it's five years residency rule, that's another way to be eligible. Um, with origin, similar sorts of things, you know, if you're born there, if your father represented the state. So, for example, we'll remember Steve Rogers played for Queensland and Matt Rogers, even though he was born in New South Wales, also represented Queensland. So he, that's how that worked. Um, if you played, if you resided in New South Wales or Queensland from the age of 13, um, if you played your first grade rugby league in one of the states, so there are all ways you can be eligible. Um, 
Now, what I'm getting at (laughs) going through all the rules here is that Origin has nothing to do with the international eligibility criteria. So if the ARLC don't want to abide by their own rules, then that's on them. So if they want to select a guy who is eligible to play for New South Wales under the rules and then he chooses Samoa, then it's up to them to ban him in future. And I don't think that's in their best interest. So Origin, the ARLC, the NRL, they actually need to make a decision here. Is Origin going to be a kangaroo's selection or is Origin going to be an All-Stars game, a unique All-Stars game at that as well? Um, Because why shouldn't Brian Toto be able to play for New South Wales and Samoa? Why shouldn't Katoni Staggs be able to play for New South Wales and Queensland? Why shouldn't Xavier Coates be able to play for Queensland and Papua New Guinea where he was born? Um, I think that's all okay. I think that's all above board. Now, the big loophole with Toto has been this Tier 1, Tier 2 business with international eligibility. So... You know, the reason T1 and T2 has come into, I guess, being in recent times is that it strengthens, you know, the the T2 nations. So if a player like Tony Staggs, for example, I'll use him as an example again, if he doesn't make the Australian side, then he can play for Tonga and strengthen the Tongan side. Now, this T1, T2 status has created the loophole where, I guess, ARLC state of origin, NRL, they've become a little bit lenient on who they select because so many players have select have played for T2 Nations and played origin now that this one kind of slipped through the cracks. Brian Toto slipped through the cracks and now they need to make a decision. And I, I kind of hope we see a few more Brian Totos making this decision as well. I want to see as many possible Islander Heritage players choosing Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, Papua New Guinea, I want to see it. Now let's take a step back. So T1, T2, T3. There's a lot of um, misunderstanding as to what this is about. And you see this a lot. You see people calling for Tonga to be instated as a T1 nation, for example. Now, being a T1 nation does not mean that you are on the field in the top so so Tonga, they've beat everybody, right? They've beat they've beat Australia, New Zealand, Great Britain, effectively England. So they've beat the to- other top three nations in rugby league. So on the field, yeah, they'd be considered in the top class. But T1 actually means, has more to do with your capabilities to field a team of domestic-born players or players from a domestic league or pathway, not what you can do on the field with your best 13, 17 players. 
So obviously Australia is T1. They've got the NRL and some significant pathways underneath. England is T1. They've got the Super League and their pathways. New Zealand is considered T1. Even though they don't have a top professional league in New Zealand, they do have the Warriors and they do have some significant pathways through the NRL and a lot of players in the Super League as well. Now, Tonga doesn't have a a professional league, a a top-class professional league on the islands of Tonga. They don't have a huge amount of domestic-born talent coming through the ranks. Most of their players are culturally linked to Tonga through their parents or grandparents. It's heritage. And that's fine. But in terms of tier status, Tonga is not a top-tier nation. Samoa is not a top-tier nation. In fact, France and Papua New Guinea are closer to being T1 by definition than Samoa and Tonga, despite the fact that I believe Tonga and Samoa would beat Papua New Guinea and France, okay? So that's how T1, T2, T3, that's how that all works. Now, you might say that's stupid, that's crazy, Why we should not have any tiers. At the moment, it's really important because it means that Brian To'o can play for Samoa. It means that, you know, Stags. it means that... Um, um, it means that players... <laughs> it means that these guys can represent their heritage. And that's why there's a loophole in State of Origin because we've been, we've been up until this point, most people have been fine with, hey, if you don't make Australia, if you don't make New Zealand... Why can't you represent T2? Let's strengthen the T2 nations. But what, I guess, the Australian selectors, the NRL, the ARLC, the Kiwi selectors, what they did not anticipate is that a lot of these guys might feel closer to their culture and their heritage. I know myself growing up, you know, I'm. if I had the option, if, you know, Italy were stronger in rugby league and I was a good rugby league player, I may have been inclined to select Italy over Australia. You might think I'm crazy, but I relate, I can relate to a lot of these Islander guys who want to represent their family, their culture. They are, you know, Brian Tall is as, as Samoan as he is Australian. I understand that. Um, and we need the T1, T2 status because without it, these guys who really want to select their nation of heritage might feel forced to select Australia so that they can play State of Origin, for example, make some more money, be on the biggest stage, the pinnacle, as they say, of our sport. So the T1, T2 status allows for them to have both. And now for the first time with Tor, the loophole has been exposed. And a lot of people don't like it, but I really do like it. Now, like I said, State of Origin, ARLC, NRL, they need to make a decision here. Is Origin just a kangaroo selection? Do they demand that if you want to play Origin, you must be eligible or make yourself eligible for Australia? Maybe. Or do they go the other way 
and say, no, Origin is different. Origin is an All-Stars game, but it's our unique All-Stars game. Do we take it to another level and say, you know what, Kalen Ponga, you can represent Queensland and New Zealand if you want. If you are eligible for Queensland, Australia and New Zealand, why can't you play for Queensland and New Zealand? Why are you forced to play for Australia? That's a level we can take it. And, you know, and Ponga, just for clarification for anyone that doesn't know, maybe anyone outside of Australia, Ponga was born in WA, moved to Queensland as a three-year-old, but his parents or one of his parents was is Kiwi. So he's eligible for, for all for Queensland, Australia, New Zealand, WA, if they had an origin side as well. Um, so why not? A- and, you know, throughout history we could have seen, you know, someone like Benji Marshall, for example, if this was the case back then, you know, he played rep footy for Queensland as a junior. He moved to the Gold Coast in his younger years, born in New Zealand, of course. But tweaking this rule could have allowed Benji to play for Queensland and New Zealand which I'm sure would have been incredible at the time. Maybe wouldn't have made it, actually, with Thurston Thurston around. But, you know, we could have seen it. How far we extend that, that's the tricky part. You know, do you say, I don't think you go this far, but would you say, for example, to use a historical reference, that Sam Burgess, for example, born in England, first games in the NRL for South Sydney and New South Wales, could he play for New South Wales? They could take it that far, you know, make it very loose, make it the best versus the best. I think that is too far for Origin and I think that sort of kills Origin very quickly. It doesn't have any meaning anymore if you go that far. But I think we can take it as far as, you know, if you are legitimately eligible now like Pong, Pong is the perfect example. If you're legitimately eligible for a state in Australia and for another nation outside of Australia, then I think that's okay. And I think that's where you draw the line with state of origin. Now, if we let it go that far, I'm going to say some things now that this is just my opinion. Some people are going to call me crazy when they get to the end of it, when they get to the end of this possibility. But I'm going, to t- I'm going to outline a potential scenario if they allow or if the ARLC, New South, uh, New South Wales, Queensland, NRL, if they allow it to go this way. This is the pathway it can take and it's actually really exciting when you see it out to the end. Call me crazy at the end if you like, I don't care. So we go down this all-stars route. We see more Pacifica players choosing their heritage more and more. We're strengthening the international game. We're strengthening PNG versus Fiji, Samoa versus Tonga. We're strengthening those competitions, those contests. Those teams are getting stronger. We, We decide, you know what? Let's take these games to the islands. Let's have Samoa versus Tonga in Samoa. Let's have Fiji versus Papua New Guinea in Fiji. Let's show the people, show the kids, 
of the islands that there are pathways, that there are people just like them making good money and who are heroes in the NRL and representing their nation at the highest level. Open up those pathways. We need more Kaviti silk tails, more PNG hunters. We need the same in Samoa Tonga. Open up the pathways. Start to bring more of these players through and give them opportunities. If you think, if you're one of these people that thinks we don't have enough talent to grow our competition beyond the 17 teams that we'll have next year, open up these pathways and have a think again because we could very quickly and easily establish a Perth team, an Adelaide team, another New Zealand team, maybe a Central Coast team, maybe another Queensland team. I'm not suggesting 22 teams, but I think we can definitely get to 20 and mix it up however you like. Bring back the Bears if you want. We can definitely, definitely cater for 20 clubs if we open up those pathways. And then those specific tests become more and more special. They become bigger draw cards. All of a sudden we have a very strong origin series that makes a lot of money, but we've also got a strong international scene here in the Southern Hemisphere and in the Pacific, which also makes a lot of money. I'm sure the NRL would love that, right? Because they're essentially going to be controlling these. It's, it's their talent. They'll be controlling the games. They'll be earning the money from it. Probably won't be International Rugby League. It'll be NRL that's, that's profiting. It's very much in their best interest for this to happen. But then what happens next? This is the bit where you're going to think I'm crazy. What happens next is all of the rugby players, and I'm going to say the word rugby as in both codes, all of the rugby players in Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, I won't say Papua New Guinea because they're already all playing rugby league there, Australia, a lot of them in New Zealand, they're going to choose to play rugby league ahead of rugby union because that's where the most intense competition is. That's where the pathways are. That's where the opportunities are. That's where the money is. And what will happen next is that rugby union will essentially die in the Southern Hemisphere. It's already happening, but it will definitely solidify that case. And then what happens next is all you really have left from a union perspective in the Southern Hemisphere is the New Zealand All Blacks. And when the All Blacks have no one else really to play in their neighbourhood, they might decide, hey, we might convert to Rugby League too. I told you it was going to get a bit crazy, guys, so bear with me. But just have a think about that. Have a think about that playing out over, say, a decade or so. It's a possibility, yeah? And if you think, or if the NRL thinks, or if the ARLC thinks that State of Origin is a huge event and a huge cash cow, then wait until you see the Kangaroos versus the All Blacks three times a year under Rugby League rules. That's what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> and by that stage, um, what they would have effectively done 
is organically um, turned origin into a bit of a novelty. It won't have the prestige and the glamour that it has now. The international game would be the pinnacle. And some of you might think that's a bad thing. Some people can't look past today. Um, They can't think about the future. But I think organically the international game needs to be the highest level of our game. And I just think we're too afraid to do that as a sport. We're too afraid to let that happen organically, even though the seeds are there, even though it makes sense, and even though in the long run it's better for the game financially, in terms of credibility, in terms of excitement. It just makes so much sense. But we've held on for too long. And that's just what I think. And Phil Gould probably disagrees with me and Maddie Johns probably disagrees with me and Paul Kent probably disagrees with me. But I don't give a shit because I think I'm right. And if you do too, let me know. And if you disagree, tell me I'm wrong. But I think that's how it goes down. If we're prepared to give it a go, if we have the balls, the guts to take it that far, I think that's where it starts, right here with Brian Toto. Thanks for chasing kangaroos with me, guys. I'll see you next week.